well, this does go with the sermon for today, right? I was driving in and kind of thinking through all that I had uh, gone over over the last few weeks when Daniel asked me to, uh, yes, when Daniel asked me to do this sermon today, it kind of shifted from one thing to another. I'm like, okay, God, what will you have me talk about? What's happening today? But when I drove in, I was thinking about divorce, not because I want to divorce my husband. <laughs> look, if Don't look back. There's no applause right now. <laughs> but we've been talking about reconcile. And God just laid on my heart why people get a divorce in the first place. What's the number one reason people get a divorce? Irreconcilable differences. I was like, oh. Why couldn't we reconcile, right? We're divorcing ourselves from God. We're divorcing ourselves from Christ with irreconcilable differences. We're not even giving him a chance to say, you know what, I, I didn't mean that like that, or I'm sorry, or that's not really how that was supposed to go, or you saw that glass half empty instead of half full. We're just like, all right, God, I, you didn't answer my prayer that one day, so we're going to divorce. My cup is empty. I still have bills to pay. I'm still feeling sick. You didn't answer that prayer for my child or my son or my daughter. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to back up a little bit. So originally, this sermon was called Closer. Y'all want to know why? Anybody? Anybody? Talk to me. Talk to me. Because these seats are always empty in the front. So I'm like, we really need to be able to get a little bit closer to the altar, right? A little bit closer to being able to reconcile those differences in front of God. I was going to put money under the seats. <laughs> and during past the peace, I was going to ask everybody to shift who they sat with, right? Because we get comfortable and then we feel like we don't have to reconcile at all. Right? I'm in my comfortable situation. You mad, I'm mad. We're going to be mad together. <laughs> you know I'm mad. Just let me be comfortable in my mad. You're going to sleep downstairs, I, I'll sleep upstairs. Yes? So I also wonder, thank you, hype crew. So I always wonder why nobody sits. Is it a, am I a little bit too close to the altar? Am I a little bit too close to Daniel to be able to point me out? <laughs> or Emily, or Pastor Emily. So when Daniel asked me if I was ready for this sermon, as he does, if you, if Daniel asks you to uh, preach, he's going to ask you like that day, two weeks from that day after you say yes, three weeks after that day after you say yes, <laughs> and then he's going to text you like, are you sure you're ready? Are you ready? Are you coming today? So he asked me again, and I don't know where we were, and I was like, Yes, of course I'm ready. Have you met me? I, if, if you stay ready, y'all know that? You don't have to get ready. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Talk to me. Talk to me. Right? So, Daniel, I think that's the next slide. Stop me in my tracks, friends, and said, Latifa. We all, nope, that's not that one. We should, go back, we should go back a little bit. It should be the second, but 
the one about the pastor, if that's where we're going. Um, he stopped me in my tracks and said, we all fall short. I'm like, you're, you're right. So Daniel sent me down into a tailspin of negativity. No, I'm just, I'm not going <laughs> to blame it all on him. But it did make me a little bit introspective, right? I do fall short. Am I ready? And those are the questions that you have to kind of ask yourself, no matter what the situation is. Moving into, I really need somebody that will be able to say, hey, are you sure you're really laying it all on the altar and reconciling with Christ, no matter what's happened? Have we done that? Are you getting closer, sitting in the front seat of problems and issues that are boiling up and sitting in the back that we kind of hide? Am I, am I able to lay those on the altar? So the one question of, Lativa, are you ready? Sent me down a full tailspin of thoughts. So I want to share a few situations where I had to reconcile and where reconciling came from hurt, pain, trauma. I like to tell my kids if they touch the, the stove, they're the back. <laughs> uh, hurt, pain, hot, cry, hospital. It is a mantra in our house. Yeah. So if the, if the littles are going towards the stove, the bigs are like, hurt, pain, hot, cry, hospital. And if I say it out of order, they're like, that's not the order. <laughs> What's happening, mom? So just kind of going through those emotions of, what did I have to hurt, pain, hot, cry, hospital through my life? So one time, majority of you know my trauma story, I think. So I'm going to share a little bit of where kind of I had to reconcile with Christ. That's where the cute picture of me comes up here. <laughs> of me as a cute little kid with my brothers. So you can't laugh. <laughs> I have three younger brothers. And I put the don't laugh because my Michael Jackson jacket <laughs> with the zippers. You look close, it got the zippers, friends. My Michael Jackson jacket has the zippers. But that little kid has to go through a lot to be able to reconcile to be the grown woman she is today. So I really met Christ when I was trying to smoke a cigarette. I know, everybody's looking at me like, oh. Don't be judging me, y'all. <laughs> so I, my mom left when I was 12. She went to jail when I was 12 years old. I then shifted uh, and lived with my grandma. I lived with my auntie. And at my auntie's house, I thought I was a grown-up friend, okay? Everybody smoked cigarettes because it's the 90s, okay? I'm an old lady. And I just was, like, in the bathroom with the cigarette. Like, I didn't even light it, Okay? Those who are judging me, I didn't really smoke it. <laughs> I just put it to my lips, and it burnt me. And I was like, that's weird. Like, there's no fire. How does it burn? Right? Right? So I automatically resisted after that. I put it back, put it back in my auntie's little cigarette thing, and I left. My aunt came to come pick me up that day, that very day. And she says, the Holy Spirit tell, is telling me that somebody in this car tried to smoke a cigarette. Jesus, is that you? 
Are you here in the car? Like, how do you do this, right? But literally, the very same day, God is following you. He sees you in the bathroom, bedroom, office, store, church, and will send you a message of reconcile. I had to reconcile right in that moment. Okay, CK, because I'm a church kid, God really was not playing, none of that was fake. He really is watching me everywhere I go. Can you imagine being 12, 14, and and somebody saying that, like the Holy Spirit? I'm like, where is this spirit, and is it here right now? Can I see it? So second, reconciliation. The house. There was lots of trauma when my parents lived together, lots of domestic violence, lots of hurt, lots of pain. Riding with my husband, he says, hey, I really want to see where you grew up. I couldn't remember the address of where it was, and we were kind of driving around our neighborhood in Easter. Uh, And I'm like, okay, I I think I can find it, but my heart doesn't want to go, right? I know that there are emotions that I left right there that I'll have to see, pick up, grab, right? I figure out that where the house is, and I hadn't talked to my father in maybe three, four years then. Uh, and I drive up, and, and, and it hits me automatically, right? That moment of reconcile. Whew, I don't want to be here. I don't want to reconcile with these emotions or this feeling or this energy. And I'm like, all right, honey, this is where we lived. I went to school. That's the house. Let's go. <laughs> I started to get moving back from the from the front seat, right? I don't want to be in the front seat of these emotions. I, I'm putting those in the back because I'm really good at compartmentalizing. I put the emotion in, in the uh, suitcase, and then I put the suitcase in another suitcase, and then I put the suitcase in another suitcase, and then I put that suitcase in the basement. I don't want to feel that because I don't have to, right? But then it bubbles up as an adult, and you have to reconcile. Because I am a wreck without God. Right? Thank you for that. Amen. Come talk to me. Talk to me. Uh, So we did that. And then the very next day, this is where God reconciled with me. My father calls my phone. He says, I'm sorry for what happened to you in that house. is a moment of reconcile that God sees you no matter where you are where that pain might live what that energy might be he kind of makes you go down in the basement (laughs) and bring that suitcase back up and open it but it's with a beautiful love of reconcile I can reconcile with you right I can get a little closer and lay all the things on the altar amen (laughs) are we up here okay so next last thing about me is marriage who's in here married okay all right my husband and I have been married for 15 years and I always get it wrong so if he's side-eyeing me that's why we've been together you got 37 yes so we've been married for 15 years but together since we were 17 and 19 years old Yeah, it's been a long time, but 
we had kids. We have six daughters. Three of them are in here. Three of them are somewhere else. I never know where all of them are at the same time. My husband, keep, oh, the baby stayed. So Serena's here too. Okay. Uh, so marriage. So, but when we had kids, I became a mom and was like, oh, I still have a husband. <laughs> not to the point of we not, we're not married anymore, but I became a mother and I became a mother. All the mamas in here know. Quit, look at them shaking their head. Yes, I understand. Right? I began nurturing and loving and caring and being with this baby when I used to be with Bay all day. Nobody else? Nobody? Oh, y'all, y'all leaving me hanging. You, you know what it is to be with Bay. <laughs> I was with him all the time, and I had to shift my perspective. Once I had Janiah Woolfork, my first 16-year-old back there, shifting into motherhood and breastfeeding and doing all those things, I shifted away from Bay, right? And I had to reconcile. Hey, honey. After two years <laughs> being a mom, hey, honey, it's me again. Let's be together. And he like, girl, where you been? I was with the, I was, I was with the kids, uh, nurturing. Of course, he is and has always been so sweet and honest and caring. But I was in me. I had to come back to myself and reconcile. Hey, my marriage is just as important as me being a mother. Like, if, like almost a little bit higher because we got to be together for us to be able to lead them in the way that they need to be led, right? That moment of reconcile. All right, I think we can shift. Yes. Nope. <laughs> we are all subject to failures and trauma in life. The night that Jesus Christ was arrested, two of his disciples had, had massive failures. Judas had a failure. Peter had a failure. And they had to reconcile. Right? Like there are so many things happening all over. And I want to talk a little bit about reconcile. And a couple people that had to reconcile in, uh, in the Bible as well. So what is reconcile? Anyway, at the most basic level, Reconciliation is about bringing two or more parties together and mending broken relationships so we can walk in agreement. How many of us have disagreements all the time? No. Oh, oh y'all don't have disagreements. I'm trying to be like, y'all, when I grow up. <laughs> Our personal reconciliation comes when we lay those relationships, that trauma, that pain, that failure, on the altar, and we come in agreement with God's purpose for our lives. So my number one person that had to reconcile is Gideon. Anybody know who Gideon is? Matthew, Matthew, thank you, Emily. Thank y'all, friends, for being a friend. Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, as you promised, prove it to me, right? Prove it, God, because I'm tired of being hurt. And I don't even know these people that you want me to bring out of war. Like, I don't even know all of them. I don't want to do that. I'm going I'm to lay this cloth out. I'm going to go in the basement. I'm going to go get my, my luggage. I'm going to lay it out. And if it's wet, I believe you. And the drown has to be dry. dry like, it got to be desert dry. And, and the cloth has to be wet. Okay? 
That's a moment of reconcile. He didn't think that he could do it. He had to shift his perspective from me personally being a wreck, Gideon personally being a wreck. He's like, I can't lead all these people. I don't even know what to say. I met four people yesterday, and they told me we were all going to die. There's so much happening to where he had to reconcile with God. Like, listen, if I'm really hearing you, if you really told me to go in the basement and get that suitcase out, if you really want me to open up the second suitcase, I need you to show me that I'm not going to be a wreck when I open it. I'm not going to be a wreck when I reconcile and I lay it on the altar and I show my cards to the church. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Applause. This is a moment for Gideon. If you don't know this story, it's one of my favorites to be able to go to and say, I can say, hey, God, I'm not sure I'm hearing you correctly. My heart is still hurting. I don't know if I can love again. I don't know if I can go to my father and say, hey, I'm sorry. I don't even know if I want to hear I'm sorry at this point. I don't know if I can go to my husband and say, hey, we, we haven't been on the, on the same page. I want to reconcile with you. If I lay that on the altar, if I show my cards, if I show my heart, God, I need, I need this cloth to be wet, wet. <laughs> Dripping, bowl worthy, right? Because he, he drenches it and it gives him a bowl of water. Not just, it's not just damp when he touches it. God reconciled with him so much that when he squeezed it, it said, is there more water there? Right? He's going to give you more reconciliation than you, that overflow of love. Right? So we're going to reconcile and lay it on the altar. All right. Next one. Who's next? That's why I feel like I should be dancing up here. <laughs> should be Moses. Moses argued with God. God, are you sure about me? Are you sure about this reconciliation? Who am I that I should go? Nobody in here can tell me they've never asked themselves that question. Me? You want me to preach? You want me to talk to other people and tell them about my story? You want me to talk to people in the line at the store, God? You want me to tell my friends that I know you? What? When you don't even follow me on Instagram, Jesus? You want me to tell people I know you? Maybe I could, I could get a shirt that says I love Jesus, and that'll be enough. That would be good. That's enough, right? Because we don't want to get too close. Because then I have to reconcile. Then I have to reconcile. Okay. I'm not reading all the things, because I feel like my minutes are swimming down in uh, Daniel's going to give me that five-minute rule in a second. <laughs> so next is Jeremiah. This is also one of my favorites, so I will read this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Can you, can you imagine God coming to you and saying that? Before you were born... This is what I appointed you to do. And, you, and that whole time before you had just been living your life, doing whatever you wanted to do, like me today, I was 
doing whatever I wanted to do yesterday. I just yelled at people yesterday. I was cussing yesterday. I slapped a couple people on my way in. <laughs> just all the negative things that you had gone through through your whole life that you had drugged and put in that suitcase. And now God is like, well, listen, let me tell you a secret. Before you were born, this was your appointment. It's like, well, look at yesterday, God. Look, look at, did you see me yesterday? Yes. Still. 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 Yes, yesterday was yesterday. But today, you were still appointed. Yes. Amen. Okay. So next should be a cute picture of me and Bay. <laughs> So God's grace is seen in the world through the kindness and generosity of people. Who are those people? Me, you, and nobody's raising their hand. We're the people, friends! Are we not the people people should be coming to? Right? I know people by love. I'm an energy girl. You show me love, I'm going to give you love. And people are always with me, and they're like, oh, my God, I love your energy. God has reconciled with me. I have been a wreck many times. And people come like, oh, you're always smiling. This is, you, you always look like you're ready. Daniel quickly reminded me I'm not always ready, right? Sometimes I have to reconcile. And when I do, I do retreat kind of like Jesus, Right? Those 40 days and 40 nights of a long time, meditation is important. Being able to give up all of that we, we carry all day during the week, all those things that we did that divorced us from Christ. We can do those things, but God will still give us reconcile. Your mistakes, thank you, sis. Your, in, your mistakes, insecurities, and your fears can also be used to share the love of Christ. I've shared my mistakes here. I've shared my fears. I've shared my love, right? Today I'm talking about my husband. Uh, and that can all be used because we're all together, right? Somebody's going to take something from that and say, hey, I can reconcile. Okay, so last couple of things. Three things we fear when reconciling and sharing. Yes, look, slides on slides. Three things we fear when reconciling and sharing. We overestimate our strengths. I'm like, I'm so good at talking to people and get up here and drop the mic. Don't say no words, right? Speaking is one of my strengths, but God gives me that strength. None of that comes from me. None of it comes from me. We fear the disapproval of others. How many people have been in the line, got that lump in their throat, like, I should really say something to you this day. I know that I have a word for you. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. You got on a red shirt. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Your face, you're, you're giving me a mean face today, so I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to keep this word for me. Nobody? Anybody? 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 Okay. Speaking without thinking. Whew. How many of us are just word vomit? <laughs> oh, yes. All the hands went up for word vomit. <laughs> I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to say all the things that I could possibly 
really think about it. I'm just, I, I love God, and then I was wrong one day, and now I'm not, and then can you come to church with me? <laughs> it's okay. Speaking without thinking, we can kind of clear that up, right? But when we kind of go inside and talk to Christ for a little bit to say, hey, God, I really need you here. If this is a word that you really want me to give to somebody else, I need you to give me the words. All right. Three things Jesus does with our reconciliation. Oh, we did that. G- number one, Jesus so shows us mercy. Mercy. I can't read anymore. See, mic drop. Y'all see that? Shows us mercy. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. Every morning we wake up. All those failures of yesterday, yesterday. Number two, Jesus shows us love. Love is patient. This was on our wedding uh, invitation. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. All those wrongs I talked about, delete. (laughs) Number three, Jesus uses our failures to build his church. This is the best part, right? It's the why we are all here, to hear stories of reconciliation. Yes, everybody, okay, all right, all right, we did it. So, in turn, I want us to kind of be able to come a little closer laying on the altar because we can all be a wreck together in Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to let the worship group come up. I'm going to say a little prayer for us. I hope that this was beneficial to you today. Oh, thank you, sis. (laughs) Everybody should travel with their own personal hype crew. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that me sharing with you uh, empowers you to do a little bit more of closeness with Christ. So if you bow your heads and pray with me, friends. Dear Lord, help us to do our very best each day to affirm one another and to remove the barriers that seem to sour our relationship and keep us at a distance from one another, God. Please give us our grace to heal, our short tempers, our destructive energies, and help us to let go of the grudges we hold oh so tightly, God. Inspire us, dear God, to be vessels and ambassadors of your forgiveness, of your healing love and your wisdom. Loving and gracious, God, pour out your spirit. With your inspiration, Heavenly Father, may our efforts heal the wounds that hurt our families, hurt our church and our world. God, we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.